Welcome to Beyond the Needle, a physician's guide to increasing COVID-19 vaccination rates. Brought to you from the Illinois Academy of Family Physicians through the Illinois Vaccinates or IVAC grant. I am Carl Lambert, family physician and a member of IAFP, and I'm an assistant professor of family medicine at Rush University Medical College. IVAC is a joint effort administered by the Illinois Chapter of American Academy of Pediatrics, the Extension for Community Health Outcomes, ECHO Chicago, and the IAFP. Funding for this podcast series is provided by the Office of Disease Control through the Illinois Department of Public Health. Through this podcast series, we will empower the primary care physician to feel confident in implementing COVID-19 vaccination so that their patients can receive the vaccine at a routine visit. Support for providers is available through boot camps, learning collaboratives, do-it-yourself toolkits, and this podcast series. CME credit is available for each podcast through the Illinois Academy of Family Physicians. For more information, visit IllinoisVaccinates.com under podcast. You will hear from a variety of primary care clinicians and staff from across the state who have become experts on COVID-19 vaccine implementation. As primary care clinicians, this is the kind of work we've been doing throughout our careers. For centuries, we've been trusted allies in preventative health for individuals, families, and communities. We will share the highs and the lows of our experiences and lessons learned throughout the pandemic. Thank you for joining us as we come together to vaccinate against COVID-19. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for our IVAC podcast series, Motivational Interviewing During the Uncertain Times of COVID-19. I am Dr. Christina Wells. I'm a family medicine physician. I work at the University of Illinois Miles Square Health Center, and I'm also a board member of the Illinois Academy of Family Physicians. And I'm Mustafa Alavi. I'm a delivering family physician with Erie Family Health Centers. And I'm really excited to be here with you, Dr. Wells, for this topic. I'm really excited for the guest panel that you have. Yeah, I'm excited as well about what we're going to learn about today. We know that we're facing vaccine hesitancy and uncertainty, and we know that we've had some difficult conversations. And so today we have Dr. Christensen and Dr. Kasky, who are going to help us break down the principles of motivational interviewing and assist us with having some of those difficult conversations. Thank you so much for inviting us. I'm Dr. Rachel Kasky. I'm an internist and pediatrician at University of Illinois at Chicago and also a health services researcher. I've spent much of the last 10 to 15 years studying ways to improve vaccine uptake and ways to tackle vaccine hesitancy. Okay, my name is Amy Christensen. I am the Associate Professor um, of the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Illinois College of Medicine. Uh, I'm a dental pediatrician and also OBC medicine certified um, and really focus a lot on shared decision making and motivational interviewing conversations with my patients and training others to do the same. And I'm so excited to have two experts in motivational interviewing here to help teach us the core concepts of what motivational interviewing is. Now, I see this day in and day out as all of us do as primary care clinicians with COVID. We're two years into this pandemic right now. We're having conversations with our patients on a daily basis on 
how can we increase uptake of the COVID vaccine amongst all of our patients? And all of us hear different reasons and different concerns. Vaccine people are hesitant. People are scared for things that they're reading online. And we all are learning to approach this in a different way. And we need some skills and tools to help approach this. Now, if I saw a scenario like this on a board question, I would, my gut always thinks, go straight to the answer that says motivational interview. That's always the answer, motivational interviewing. But what does that even really mean? I, I think I know what it is, but Dr. Christensen, can you help guide us and tell us what, what is motivational interviewing? Yeah, that's a great question. So motivational interviewing is more of a conversation style, and it really elicits a person's own reasons and ways they might think about changing. We don't do motivational interviewing to people or do MI to them. This is really a conversation that we have with folks. Um, And so when I think about MI or motivational interviewing, I really think about what the spirit of it is, and I like to characterize it in the acronym CAPE, C-A-P-E. C, it's for compassion. Um, And motivational interviewing, what drives it, is really truly wanting what's best for the person in front of you, um, based upon how they define it for themselves. A is for accept, which is probably the most difficult thing for us as clinicians that we accept their autonomy to choose. It doesn't mean we give up on them, but it just means that we accept that. And P is for partnership, um, to come alongside with them about this conversation and considering their own reasons for change or maybe moving things the way they are. And then E is evoke. It's eliciting their own sort of impressions about why they might want to change, what makes them ambivalent about it, or maybe what a plan might look like if they're considering change. So um, Dr. Kasky, what are your thoughts about that? Anything else you'd like to add about your impressions of what MI is? I love that acronym of CAPE. And I particularly like that part of this is accepting and the autonomy of individuals to make their own decisions. And even if those decisions don't always align with our recommendations or our preferences. Yeah, and I think that's hard. And again, I want to emphasize that we're not giving up on our patients. It's really just accepting that at that moment, um, they're not quite ready to maybe take on some of the things that we might recommend recommend or wish for them. Uh, but knowing that, you know, I think everybody's at different places for change or stages of change, and it's not constant. And that's the cool thing. I think about primary care medicine. We have this wonderful longitudinal relationship with our patients. Um, and so there's always an opportunity to have another conversation. Um, and it's really refreshing and sometimes surprising what you discover as you invite patients in to find out where they are with how they might consider changing uh, some sort of behavior or how they manage a certain condition of their own. So let's talk a little bit about how to break this down in the context of real world care. And I think this is important because as was mentioned early on, you know, the term motivational 
interviewing, maybe something many of you are comfortable with, or it might be something that frankly engenders a bit of fear because all you can think of is, oh my gosh, how would I fit this into my already very busy clinical uh, encounters with patients? So I wanna share with you what I call the micro motivational interviewing around vaccines. And this is something I work with a lot with students and residents and other faculty and peers because this should not take long. This is something that's meant to be very brief. Vaccines are often something we tackle at the end of our visits, historically, and that may not be your practice, but often they're at the end of the visit. It's sort of one of those closing statements of what uh, the last recommendations of the visit. And so if there is resistance or concerns expressed by your patients, I want you to think about just three quick responses. First, simply ask what the concern is. Don't get confrontational. Don't resist the concern. Just ask, what are your concerns? Followed by an affirming statement. Many people share those concerns. Many of my patients have expressed that before. I've heard that before. Chances are you have not, there's nothing new you've heard with vaccine hesitancy, right? We've all heard it all. So it's very likely that you can say a very earnest statement that I've heard that concern before. Others share that concern. And then finally, give a simple, single summary statement. Vaccines are held to high safety standards. COVID infection it can lead to very serious disease. I recommend you receive the COVID vaccine today, but the decision is up to you, period. Let it lie after that. If it's accepted, wonderful. If it's not, hold it for future conversations. And we're gonna talk more about that as we go. Yeah, on one hand, it makes me feel more comfortable listening to you map it out that way because, you know, a lot of folks that, you know, I talk to and we're trying to do motivational training, trainings are like, this is going to take too long. I don't have this kind of time. But when you map it out that way, I feel like I can envision myself actually getting this done because it's not like 100 hours in front of this patient trying to convince them to do this, right? That's right. Um, so I, I feel like that's a really important thing. And, you know, I love that whole sort of approach of asking them, you know, what concerns them, you know, just really trying to understand them, right? And then the other response that I thought was pretty cool, though, is this notion of like a normalizing statement. You know, the, the fact that they're not alone in thinking what they're thinking um, is very empowering. Um, and it makes me feel like you've really heard me and you don't judge me, that you are just saying, hey, other people feel the same way. And I've heard this a lot. Um, and that just makes me want to have more of a conversation with you. Like that just opens the door where I'm like, Dr. Caskey, let me tell you more. Let me tell you more of what I'm thinking because I feel you're like you're welcoming me in and feeling like I'm not judged. I'm and so glad my micro-motivational awesome. interviewing worked for you today. <laughs> oh, I am like getting more and more activated, going from contemplative to contemplative with making a change. I'm just saying. But, and I love your response to that. Thank you. Um, because I do think it is important to just, right, you're not resisting, right? You're not, even if you get a laundry list of why someone doesn't want a vaccine, you don't have to tackle that. That's okay. Let those concerns lie and just say, okay. That's, you know, that is fine. You're not alone. So I appreciate your, your thoughts on that. Thank you. Yeah. And you kind of brought up, kind of brought up this sort of feeling of resistance. 
Um, and um, I always tell a lot of my students and residents that are training with me in my clinic, once you sense that resistance, you stop, drop, and roll, kind of like when you feel fire on the door. Um, it is really a great way to try to reduce that resistance. I feel like when you push more, people want to push back. And to be able to let it lie, like you said, I think is very, very powerful. Um, you're not trying to push them any further. And, you know, I feel like this is more of a dance rather than wrestling. I think that's a great analogy. Yes, an elegant dance, not wrestling. And there is research to show that combating vaccine resistance or hesitancy with data, facts, p-values, CDC statistics, does nothing but cause people to dig their heels in deeper. It's just that resistance that it is really hard for patients to manage. So it's um, there's good reasons that have actually been studied to not go there and not sort of fight. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of talked about like a simple summary to share in terms of information. And I love to also um, maybe highlight an approach that a lot of us use is that ask to ask approach to sharing information even. I love to start with that asking permission even so that if they're seeming hesitant to just say, is it okay if I share some information with you? And then that summary of how that's very simple can be a really great way of sharing information. But, you know, I've heard you say before, like, just like you said, the, the tell isn't like a million pieces of the evidence that you've been reading about the data of why that person should get that vaccine, but maybe some personal stories or stories of other patients. And, you know, maybe the information that made them think, you know, I, I think it's okay for me to get a vaccine, for instance. Um, and then maybe following up with asking, what did they make of this information or how they feel about this? So that ask till ask is a really great way of also sharing some of that summary information. What are your thoughts? And then keep the conversation going, right? It's okay if no is the answer today. Hopefully we're going to see that individual back in the near future and we just keep the same conversation going. And I think if it's if um, patients feel like you are not resisting them and not wrestling with them, to your analogy. Um, over time, there's really good data to show that a lot of patients that are sort of fence sitters, if we will, right? Those that have some questions, they're a little cautious, they're not sure. Over time, the majority actually will ultimately get vaccinated for routinely recommended vaccines. But it might just take this micro-motivational interviewing two, three, four, five times. Well, I I don't know. Like, I, I feel like when people don't do as I've recommended, um, I start getting kind of sad about my lack of effectiveness with my patients. Um, maybe they don't trust what I have to say. Maybe they seem skeptical about what I've shared. I kind of get tired of having to confront that day in, day out. I don't know. I think um, others share that, and I, particularly as clinicians, this is common, right? And we've spent a lot of time and energy and love to get good at working with patients, right? And so I think your reaction is really normal. And I know a lot of trainees have expressed that over the years, too. It just feels so 
personal. And so I think another thing we need to think about is when someone is declining a vaccine, similar to if they're declining anything else you recommend, they are not declining you, right? They're making an autonomous healthcare decision. It is not personal. And so I think sharing personal stories about vaccines is a great way to have a conversation and discuss, but you cannot take the decisions personally. Similarly, where I wouldn't take a decision personally if someone didn't want to get a mammogram or any other recommendation, medical recommendation I made. So we can make it personal. We can make the conversation personal. We can talk about how we've been vaccinated against COVID, my children, my family members, so forth. But again, we cannot take it personally if the decision is not aligned with what our recommendation is. And I I think this is an area I've grown a lot in the more recent years to not take these things personally because they do weigh on you. And I do worry that leads to burnout and other dissatisfaction with patient care. And instead, just allow people to make those decisions and slowly keep trying. Yeah, I feel like that frustration comes from a really good place, though. You know, I see so many um, healthcare clinicians that are really frustrated. Um, and I think they really, truly want what's best for the patients that they care for every day. It comes from a really great place. Um, and they get frustrated when their patients don't go along this and they feel personally responsible and view it almost like a failure that they don't come alongside with your recommendations. And somehow your success is contingent upon your patients doing what you've asked them or recommended for them to do. Um, And that's a big responsibility to shoulder, I feel. And I remember early in my career where I I took that responsibility really seriously. Um, I wanted so much for my patients to be better and to be safe and you know, when they didn't do as I've asked and recommended, I took that personally and I felt like it was a personal failure because I didn't do what I trained to do and that was to make people's lives better. Um, so I don't think that it comes from a bad place, but then that notion of accepting autonomy and just realizing in this moment that patient's not ready and it's not really about me, it's really about them. And maybe even showing some compassion to yourself as well as to them that in that moment, it's just not the right time um, can be very empowering. Um, It reduces that burden and lifts off of your shoulders. And it's it's not like you don't care and you have dissociated. It's more just recognizing the situation for what it is. It's just not the right moment for them. Um, And boy, is that a relief. It really is. I think that is a great way to conclude this discussion is giving ourselves a break, right? So that we don't burden and shoulder uh, the re- a negative response around a vaccine, but yet trying to keep motivated to keep the discussion going. I agree. This was fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Kasky and Dr. Christensen. And just to recap, Dr. Christensen, can you summarize for us what motivational interviewing is for the audience and your and the CAPE acronym that was so helpful? Absolutely. So motivational interviewing is a conversation style, and it really elicits another person's own reasons or ways that they might consider changing. 
Um, and it's not something you do to people, but it is just something that you engage and partner with others about. So the spirit behind it is C, compassion, really wanting what's best for that person in front of you. A, accepting their own autonomy to choose. B, partnering. So this is less of a hierarchical situation where you're telling them what to do, but really coming alongside them. And then evoking, trying to invite them to the table and invite their perspectives of what's important to them, why it's important to them, why they're ambivalent, why are they hesitant? And then if they are ready, you know, what is their next step or their plan um, in a way that is really resonating with them? Awesome, Great. awesome. And Dr. Kasky, I thought you hit the nail on the head with micro-motivation and how we talk about vaccines at the end of the visit. I'm often just lifting my laptop up about to go, and then I look through their vaccines, and then I'm like, oh, they haven't had their COVID vaccine yet, or they need their booster. How do I best address this when I need to see my next patient? And um, can you recap for the audience as well, um, those three simple things you mentioned for approaching micro-motivation? Certainly. So three simple questions. Simply ask, what are your concerns? You don't have to address them. Just ask, acknowledge or affirm that it's normal to have concerns. Other patients have them. Other people have them. Just affirm that that is normal and summarize with your medical recommendation. And this is really important. Vaccines are a medical recommendation. So I usually say something like, as a reminder, vaccines are held to very high safety standards COVID is a very serious infection, could lead to serious disease. I recommend that you get the COVID vaccine today, but it's important for you to make that decision. And then you're on your way. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you both, Dr. Christensen and Dr. Kasky. This has been a great informational session. Um, we, we know that we have learned a lot today and we appreciate the information that you have shared. Do either of you have any additional closing thoughts that you would like to leave with us today? I'll just remind everyone to feel free to use personal stories, but don't take the answers personally. At the end of all of this, really great takeaway too is that notion that you know all of us experience vaccine recommendation fatigue and so there are some days you, you may come away with this thinking that you want to try some of this but there's some days you're not going to feel it and you're going to be exhausted yeah <laughs> don't beat yourself up over it because you know we've all been there right wonderful wonderful so thank you both again for all the information that you have shared today. This has been, again, very informational. We thank you for joining us today. This was awesome and a lot of fun. Stay tuned for part two. Thank you to our expert faculty and to you, our listener, for tuning into this episode. If you have any comments, questions, or ideas for future topics, please contact us directly at podcast at ilvaccinates.com. For more episodes of Beyond the Needle, please visit illinoisvaccinates.com slash podcasts. You'll find links to resources, transcripts, speaker disclosures, a survey to gather your feedback, and instructions to claim CME credit. Subscribe to this podcast series on Healthcare Now Radio, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or any of the major podcast platforms. Please follow the Illinois Vaccinate Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you again. We hope you tune into our next episode.